Sorry, guys. I want to welcome you all this morning, and um, what a magnificent just time of worship, and grateful. Um, just stand before the great I Am and welcome Him in praise. Um, how fitting for us before we open His Word, and so thank you, and thank the Lord. We welcome you with praise today. Um, two things that humble me every time we gather in terms of who shows up. First of all, it just blows my mind that the Lord is here. He comes. His Spirit is present and He moves among us. He's here. Uh, the other thing that also blows my mind and humbles me every single Sunday is that you're here. Um... The moment I see the first car peel into the parking lot, it's just, a, it's just a humbling, transforming experience that you would come and bring your families and worship the great I am here in this place. It's a miracle. It's a wonderful thing. And we're humbled by it, and we're so grateful for it. And so we thank you. Thank you for being here. We've been talking about prayer, and um, the Lord has been so gracious to help us. We've been looking into the New Testament, primarily into the Gospels, and so if you have a copy of the Scriptures this morning, I want to invite you back to Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 11, and um, this is some teaching and a parable on prayer. At the beginning of this season, it's the summer season, and it's a new beginning for many of our families as our graduates close a chapter on high school and open up a new chapter on their lives. It's always an opportunity. Whenever we're in transition, it's, an, it's a unique opportunity for God to do something significant in our lives as we open ourselves to Him and humble ourselves before Him. And so I see that um, also as kind of a, another rail upon which we can run this morning in addition to learning more from the Lord Jesus about prayer. I think I told you at the beginning of this series that we received an email um, from one of the folk, one of the gals in our congregation that said, I just, why don't we see more answer to prayer? It was a tender, tender query, and I was humbled by that. I was so thankful for it, and I loved that question because I, I could relate to it. You know, you just kind of pouring out your heart before the Lord, and why aren't more things happening? And so it started us on this journey of trying to find some wisdom and answer to that question by looking into the heart of our Lord. And he's been so faithful to give us some encouragement and some perspective. But for this morning, we're going to look at a very familiar passage that I think will be um, encouraging to you. But what I'd like to do is offer to all of you, especially our graduates and their families, but everyone here today, some guidelines from this passage for making prayer a priority in your life, particularly this summer or in the beginning of this new season. I'm going to read this passage, kind of um, make our way through it, and then we'll go back and, and draw some principles from it. This is from Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Luke writes, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. 
For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, this is a great story. And by the way, this passage in Luke is kind of an abbreviated version of what we've all, or many of you, have come to know as the Lord's Prayer. It's more developed in Matthew's Gospel and Mark, but here it's, it's, it's concise It's given to us in kind of shorter form. And there's a reason for that, as we'll see in just a few moments. But what I'd like to offer you, all of us together, is some simple guidelines. First and foremost, just a couple of things at the beginning here on how to make prayer a priority in your life. First of all, I want to encourage you to find a place. Find a place for prayer. Luke says that Jesus was praying in a certain place. That's deliberate. Jesus had a a deliberateness about him. Jesus was in a certain place praying. How important it is for all of us, each of us, every day to have a place for prayer. Now we know that we can pray anywhere, anytime, in any way, uh, and we do, don't we? Sometimes we just, we have to pray. Uh, But this type of priority, of devotion to prayer on a daily basis, basis. Um, The opportunity is for us to find a place, a place that is meaningful, comfortable, and conducive for prayer. Um, You you probably don't want to pray at the ball diamond. There's too many distractions, although you can pray, and and certainly at times we do, or at Kohl's. You know, that might not be the best place to pray, although I have prayed at Kohl's something like, Lord, please help her find this blouse, like on the first rack. Amen. (laughs) We do pray. But listen, this is the idea of of a devoted, consistent time with the Lord, where you meet him every day in a certain place. That was Jesus. It was his pattern for prayer, finding that place. For the hymn writer of old, it was the garden. This great hymn writer, he was a pastor, and he captured this idea. I come to the garden alone when the dew is still on the roses. This is a kind of poignant scene of a place. It was probably his place where he met the Lord every single day, and a hymn was born of it. So there's a certain place. Now, a couple other passages that I want us to see. You can either turn there or just listen. First of all, this is affirmed in Mark's gospel, Matthew, then Mark, Mark chapter 1. If you want to turn there, you may. Mark chapter 1, these are the words uh, also that kind of affirm this principle in, in Jesus' life. Verse 35, Mark tells us, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, 
left the house and went off to a place, a solitary place where he, played, where he prayed. It was his place. It was designated. It was consistent. It needs to be private, but not necessarily secret. You see, that's the idea. At times, prayer needs to be extended, even much more secluded and deliberately separate. Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter 6, in Jesus' pattern of prayer, he says, don't pray like the Pharisees, you know, the ones who stand out in the street corner and kind of uh, make all manner of, of, of spiritual language. It's pretense that's in view there, but rather, go into your room. Shut the door. Go into your closet, somewhere where you can get alone with the Lord. But people might know you're in there. They can still be impacted by the fact that you're so devoted that you're, you're keeping that time with the Lord. Uh, Nancy Lee DeMoss, such a marvelous servant of Christ over the years. It's such a fruitful ministry. I know many of our gals here have benefited from her ministry. She tells a great story about how the Lord began a work in her life where every morning she would kind of get up and get ready for school and she'd, she'd fix her hair and she'd spend all of this time kind of getting ready and then she'd go down the stairs and there she would see her father in his place seeking the Lord. Over and over, day after day, week after week, month after month, Art DeMoss was in his place with the Lord, calling upon him, had his scriptures open, and Nancy tells the story, this is her witness, that was what began a work of God in her life, gave her a thirst for the Savior and a desire for the Word of God. Now can you imagine, some of you, your lives and ministries without Nancy Lee DeMoss? It began because Art DeMoss had a place. It impacted her life. It's important that we find this place. And Jesus was there in a certain place. Luke tells us that. The second thing, back in uh, Luke chapter 11, is to invite Jesus to be your teacher. Like this. The disciples, when Jesus was finished, Luke says, the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just like John taught his disciples. Now, that's a great, insightful moment, isn't it, for these disciples? Lord, teach us to pray. We want to pray like that. We're, we're watching you. We're, we're seeing your life. We're, 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 in, we're being impacted by the power that is in your words. Teach us to pray. And so the Lord Jesus wants to be our teacher. How about that? How about making prayer priority in your life by actually inviting the Lord to be your guide, to be your teacher? What can you learn from Christ for your prayer life? We have the scriptures. We can search the word of God and he can speak to us through his word. We can actually follow him in his ministry and in his life as he touched people, as he spoke, as he interacted with temptation and struggles. The gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are filled with stories of Jesus calling upon the Lord, going away to a place to pray. We can learn from Jesus how to deepen our prayer life. Who does not want a deeper, more effective experience in prayer? What a great, insightful moment the disciples said, Lord, teach, teach us to pray. I wonder if we have a teachable spirit in terms of our walk with the Lord today. Are you teachable? Can the Lord still deposit things into your life and, and place bits of wisdom and instruction into your experience because you've opened your life up to him? Some of you are wise beyond your years or you're wise because God has blessed you with many years in his word and in the ministry, but still, still, 
You can have a teachable spirit, open to the Spirit of God and what, what Christ might teach you from his word. Lord, teach us to pray. We learn a lot from the Lord Jesus, so much from how he prayed, this great prayer. He prayed early in the morning. There's something about the morning watches that his mind perhaps was fresh, undistracted. He prayed to the Father. He invoked the Father's name. I can learn from that. It's a bit confusing, isn't it? How to, how to pray, how to start that prayer. Jesus was so consistent. He said, Father, Father. He called upon the Father in his name. We learn that from Jesus. He often brought a couple of people with him. Some great episodes in the New Testament, particularly towards the end of Jesus' ministry when the press was on him, the the press of the cross and and the persecution of those who uh, were his detractors. And so at times he brought some of his closest individuals alongside him to pray with him. That's instructive, isn't it? Prayer is not always to be solitary and alone, but I need people in my life that can come alongside me and pray during more intense, penetrating times in my life. We learn that. We learn that from Jesus. Wouldn't it be something that you think the the creator of the universe could could take this on on his own, but he brought some people with them. We learn that from him. Sometimes he prayed for an hour. I remember he asked these guys, "Can can you watch and pray with me for an hour. That's not bad. Other times, feeding the 5,000, that great hillside of Capernaum and the shores of the Sea of Galilee, the priority was to feed these families. And so Jesus just paused for a moment and prayed. You know, sometimes what's required of us is not that we pray all the way around the world and back. Just, just acknowledge the Lord and ask for his help and then go to the work. We learn that from him. There's so much more and learn from Jesus, and we're about to in just a moment. Now he's going to go into more of a teaching mode in verse 2. He's going he's to give his disciples a lesson. I love it that he honors their request. He wasn't too busy for this. He said, here's, here's how. Not necessarily what. This is not a script that he gives them. Don't just pray this over and over and over again. The New Testament actually teaches against that kind of approach. But this, this is an attitude, a mindset of the heart. When you come to your place and the Lord is there with you, here's how you can approach that time in the, in, in the mind and attitude of your heart. This is, what, this is what you should say. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Begin with a focus. Begin with a focus on the plans and purposes of God. Start your time with your focus squarely and fully on him. Hallowed be your name. This is about you, Lord. This is about your kingdom. This is about your plan. we, We call this blessing the Lord. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It's how he, he began that great prayer in Psalm 103. Focusing on the plans and purposes of God. Let your will be done. Your kingdom be exalted and established on this earth. That's how we come to the Lord. Not fixed on ourselves, that comes a bit later, but fixed squarely on Him, praying for His plans and purposes, that His name be exalted in the earth for the spread of the gospel. How wonderful it would be for for our children and those around us who maybe are in earshot of our prayers to know that we are calling upon the God of heaven for the advancement of the gospel throughout the earth. 
Wow, that begins to do a work in their lives. There's a higher purpose, there's a higher priority than our little kingdom that we work so hard to establish and maintain. This is about another kingdom, says Jesus. And that's, that's our focus, that his kingdom would be established. Bless the Lord. Second, give him your day. Give us each day our daily bread. Now that's a line, that's more of a metaphor for everything that's involved in just giving him your day. Trust him. Entrust to him your day, your family, your children, your time, provision for you and your, your needs, wisdom and strength. What a powerful way in this place with the Lord each day to draw on the Lord's gracious and promised supply. Just, just give him your day. Jesus said, look at the birds. I love that. Look at the birds. By the way, you have to be outside typically to look at the birds. That's a good thing. We need to be outside more, right? Just go outside. Look at the birds. Do they look stressed to you? You know, these birds. You don't see birds kind of doing that. Just look at the birds. They're like, wow, what's the point? They're free. No big deal. They have everything they need because your heavenly father knows what they need. And he says, look at the lilies of the field, look at the flowers. I've seen some of the flowers in your yards this weekend. They're beautiful. As we went to open house, wow, they're beautiful. And you just look at them and you go, wow, how do they, you know, how does that happen? Well, that happens, there's some effort there, you know, some watering. I know that's, this, this Lord clothes them. So, it's, so if God is that good to feed the birds and clothe the flowers, why do we fret? So just give him your day. Give him your week. Give him your year. Just trust him in prayer. Come before him and say, Lord, I could very easily take this thing, but I'm going to release it to you today. Just day by day. I trust you. Love that. He knows already what you need. And it's not for you, by the way, it's, it's for us, or for him, it's for us, it's for us, because he knows what we need. This, is, this, is, this kind of prayer helps me release, helps, helps my faith grow when I trust him, and, 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 and we give our days to him. Now third, Jesus says, clean out your life. In that time, every day, in that place, in your times of prayer, it's an oppor- opportunity for you to clean out your life. I love this. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive anyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Just clean out your life. Wow. Well, Lord God knew that we were not going to be perfect at this. Our lives are going to get cluttered. We're going to falter. We're going to break covenant with his word in places of holiness, and we're we're going to need a way we're going to need provision from him to clean out our lives. And God says, if you'll confess your sins, I will be faithful and just 
to forgive you for those sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Wow, every day in prayer, just clean out our lives. Just confess. And I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have thought that. That was a wrong attitude. And just bring it before the Lord. Clean out your life. See, that's my relationship to him. But there's also a cleaning out of my life in prayer in relationship to those around me. Not only, Lord, would you forgive me, but help me as I forgive those around me who've injured me. It's so easy to see to hold those wrongs, those, those, those bitterness, those injuries in my heart. Harbor them. And it's in prayer, Jesus says, in that certain place that you've covenanted to meet the Lord and that you can release Others, because they've injured you, just forgive them. Entrust that to the Lord. Let him remove that, that burden of hurt in prayer. Don't take it to your neighbor. Don't take it to your small group. Don't take it to your mate. And you know, Just take it to the Lord. Bring it to him and clean out your life of all that. Let him do that work in you. And then he'll deliver you, you see. It's a wonderful attitude, a heart kind of set towards, towards others, not only towards the Lord. Lord, I want to make sure that I'm right with you, but I also want to make sure that I'm not holding anyone else captive who's injured me. And so I just forgive them, Lord. I'm, I, just, I just release them. And then this magnificent prayer. Graduates here today, Hear, hear your pastor. Circle this. Don't let me go down a path of temptation, Lord. Lord, watch over my life and keep me on a path that, that it's going to honor you. Keep me on the, the narrow road. Don't lead me down a path that could, could take me out of the game. Keep my life pure before you. My words, my mouth. I love David's prayer. Lord, set a guard over my mouth, a gate of protection over my lips. Oh, you can pray that over your whole life. Lord, just set a guard over my life that I might walk in holiness before you. What a great prayer for our graduates and their families. He ends classic form with an illustration. And so then Jesus said to them, let's say you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Remember, Jesus is in the mode of teaching. He's answering the disciples' request. Teach us to pray. So he tells them a story. You have a friend and you go to them because you need three loaves of bread because a friend has come on a journey and you don't have any food. So you go to this friend's house. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Now I would pause and say, change friends. <laughs> you might have gone to the wrong door. But Jesus is in the mode of teaching something about prayer. 
He's not talking about friends at all. I tell you, Jesus said, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of a relationship or a friendship that you've assumed, yet because of your shameless audacity or your persistence, some translations might say, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, he's teaching on prayer, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks always finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So what's the final principle (laughs) in this more effectiveness in prayer? Stay at it before the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful teaching. Don't stop praying. Make it a covenant habit before him. Find that place. Invite the Lord into that relationship. Let him be your teacher and your guide. Trust him with your daily needs. Clean out your life and then stay at it. Because, Jesus says, if you ask, you will receive When you seek, you will find what you are looking for. And when you knock, listen, I love this, especially for our graduates today. If you knock on the Lord's door, he is going to open up for you mind-boggling opportunities to experience his faithfulness, his power, and his goodness. Jesus said, don't stop knocking. How about that? Now, here's the rub, as Shakespeare would say. People all around us who have not experienced this grace that is ours in Christ, they too are asking. They're just asking the wrong person. They're also seeking. But they're not finding the truth. And they're knocking on all the wrong doors. You see, that's why, that's why Christ has given to us this great and wondrous privilege of being in relationship with him. Because even though he is going to bless my life and he's going to bless your life and he's going to allow you to find things that you're seeking and he's going to answer questions that you're asking and he's going to open doors that you're knocking on, ultimately the purpose is so that out of your life will flow something that will attract others to him. Don't stop praying. He is so faithful. And by the way, the best prayer you can pray today is, Lord, I need you in my life. I'm done living for myself, and I repent of my stubborn, sinful ways 
and I call upon your name and I invite you in to be my Savior and my God. You need to pray that prayer if you haven't yet today. Because that's that's the flip side. Is that Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. The door of your heart, your life, he's knocking first. And you can't know any of this until you open that door to him. I want you to pray that prayer today. And if you have, I so desire that all of us devote our lives, make prayer a priority for our lives. Imagine what God can do. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you. We acknowledge your great name. Maybe there's someone here who's just calling upon you for the first time today. Lord, seal that. Be gracious and faithful as they call upon your name, Lord. As we come before this table, as your body, Lord, renew us, cleanse us, ready us for today and what you'd call us to do. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. invite our deacons to come forward at this time to the table. The Lord left for us a gift, an ordinance an ordinance of remembrance where we can come regularly and humbly before him and remember his sacrifice, the work that he accomplished and finished for us that we might have access to the Father. It's through the breaking of his body, the shedding of his blood that we have access to him through faith in his name. That's why we're here. It's the time for us to just exalt the Lord in our minds, in our hearts, our attitudes. Bring these things before him and confess our needs and sins before him and let him renew us at this table as we find once again our salvation is in him and in him alone. Scripture says, that on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you.
Jesus said, this bread is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Scripture says that in the same way he took the cup. said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Praise his name. Your sins are forgiven. They have been removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Rejoice. Rejoice today in your salvation. We're going to stand and sing. We're going to worship his name. It's also an opportunity for you to give. Let's worship him, this name, this one, Jesus, who did this work. Praise his name.
I see Michaela and Maddie. Is Jacob here or um, somewhere near? Is someone here? Uh, Jacob, are you here? Jacob Acey? Well, anyway, we know what he looks like, so we can have him in our minds. Um, I want would, would you graduates and families come forward for just a moment? I think it would be great if we put our hands on these special people and commissioned them the Lord. So come on up if you're, and ACs please, Harbaugh's. Um, we'll do this in the spirit of Jacob <laughs> because we know he loves the church and his word. Come on, come on up. Yeah. There's nothing sacred about this space, <laughs> this holy space. Thank you. And anyone, um, Doug and others, our staff, and anyone who wants to come and represent our ministry team or families, let's put our hands on these folks and um, come alongside them, Lori and others. Anyone, please, Mark and Amy um, from our leadership team. And, and, and as we join in prayer, would you agree with us that the Lord anoint these um, young people, that they'll love his church and take his gospel across the world into their places of study and learning and relationships as um, we're so thankful they already do. So let's pray together. We have Maddie and, and Michaela, yes. Gracious God, how thankful we are. We bow before you and acknowledge your great name on behalf of these special, special individuals that have made this passage, Lord. Their lives are intact, Lord. They live in a way that honors you, that brings glory to your name. We're so thankful for them, for their families. Now, oh God, we pray a shield about them, Lord, that you will enable them, especially by your spirit, to excel in what they put their hands to do. Lord, that they would exalt your name, that they would be a vibrant witness of you, your faithfulness, and your gospel, and use them, Lord, to bring glory to your name. We thank you for their families. We pray that you'll anoint them with special grace 
as they also make this passage, Lord. And we pray a special prayer for your unusual provision for these days. We ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. And God's people said, amen. Lord bless you all. God bless you, Michaela and Maddie. You're welcome. Thank you. Lord bless you, folks. Enjoy the festivities of this day. God bless you. Thank you, Lift Team. That joy of the Lord is our strength. We were created to live in your presence, so. mistakes I made before I've fallen short and done so much more but now I realize how I'm nothing without you on my side so now here I stand, and I'll never leave you again, forever, forever, with all my heart, every single part, Fall. 